Hi, and welcome to The Theology Box, a podcast dedicated to seeing how God fits into the world we live in. We hope you enjoy your time with us today, where theology is the conversation. Hi, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to The Theology Box. This is your host, William Carroll, and today on the program, we have Dale Winslow. Hey, how are you, Will? <laughs> good. Long time no talk. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to some technical difficulties, we're recording on my iPhone, so uh, some of our previous conversation could might be in brief, because uh, we were just about to hit some interesting stuff, and then my computer uh, took a took a dump. Um, <laughs> but um, so, Dale is the pastor of Foothill Foothill Community Church in Azusa, yeah. and he's been a pastor here for 14 years, which I know now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I didn't Six, know. 16. 16. Yeah, come on. Which I knew now. <laughs> I thought I knew, and then but 43 years altogether right. as a pastor, yeah, yeah. Uh, serving in various places, which I'll, you know, let him tell you okay. a little bit about. Sweet Home, Oregon, little logging community, about nine years. Seattle, Washington, 16 years, more of an urban setting. Then I was a superintendent of uh, churches in southern Illinois for three years. And I've uh, been pastoring here for, uh, I think we're finishing up our 16th year here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if that adds up to 43-ish or not, but it's around that around that number. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so... And then uh, some of the things that we talked about, highlighted about your career in life is that um, one, uh, how comfortable you are with the, t- I, I noticed that Sweet Home sounded like a quite a uh, rural yeah. town. Yeah, no question. And, yeah, and then uh, the urban right. Seattle yeah. and the contrasting and how you, you said you, you feel like it's a gift that you're able to really just be comfortable. I, I feel like that. Yeah, I can talk across the the scope, socioeconomic uh, uh, um, landscape, and feel comfortable in pretty much talking to PhDs or loggers or homeless people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we had some interesting uh, insight into the the broad swath of people who attend Foothill right, right. Community Church yeah. with um, yeah. the several homeless people but also some phd holders as well mm-hmm. as you know uh executives and right. types and um and how uh through your wife's relationship with teaching uh in seattle but also here there's a good um yeah g- uh, gathering of right. uh, amount of students right. as well right right and and a lot of the faculty and uh, administrators that attend here are uh, what witnesses for the church as well and are uh, free to, free in talking about the church and I'm sure that that's helpful as well. Yeah. And we're right next to the university, so you know where the the church you can walk to. Yeah. 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 So. Which is a good. It's a good thing. Yeah. 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 It's you good. don't have to drive a car. We, we're a green church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you're if you're. Uh, 
Well, and you know, the, for the undergrads at APU, they have chapel three times right, a week. Right, right. Yeah. There's a song and everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, during the orientation, chapel orientation, I remember when I was doing my undergrads, like chapel's only three times a week. I, I don't remember the melody all of a sudden, but I remember they have a whole performance with it. Yeah, yeah. People are dancing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a good break from uh, uh, the three times a week chapel. And, yeah. Uh, I think it also offers um, the liturgy, mm-hmm. which yeah. um, don't doesn't really happen. I mean, the, of course, I think it, technically every church has a liturgy. Yeah, of some, some kind of liturgy. Yeah. yeah, but I guess it, yeah. This I one's... think uh, we 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 call it loose liturgy. We use the mm-hmm. lectionary and uh, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper every Sunday, and prayers of the people and responses uh, to readings and whatnot. And mm-hmm. It's a it's a learned way of doing church for some that aren't too used to it that have grown up in a more freewheeling. Mm-hmm. liturgy yeah yeah I, well i know i attended uh, calvary chapel sure when uh when i first became a christian i was about 18 years old and uh it was you know it's um one of the big sticking points for the calvary chapel i was at anyway um the the format's pretty similar mm-hmm. in, in some sense it's you know three or four songs and then you have a rather than a reading just the pastor comes mm-hmm. and um but one of the main things that I think kind of uh signifies what Calvary Chapel does is that they start a book and they finish it. Yeah, so they go right through, yeah, don't they? Chapter by chapter, verse, verse by, by verse. verse. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's their big yeah. uh, motto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot about you know the several books that I oh, went yeah. through while oh, I was. Oh, you couldn't there. help but yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah, um, although there are some interesting. Uh, things that arise from from that because you know context issues and uh, yeah. not really getting the whole broad swath but uh, I won't go into that <laughs> I feel because you know that's one of my experiences is Calvary sure. Chapel and sure. uh, so I refer to it and uh, then then I became uh, Presbyterian later on mm. and now I'm Free Methodist so like I can always I can look back at all of them and see sure. problems right. you know and uh, yeah. Presbyterian from Calvary Chapel to Presbyterian is a, a big jump, a pretty radical yeah. change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, after that we were about to discuss some of the aspects of. Oh man, it was such a more much a more natural transition mm-hmm. into my question, but um, I don't think I actually asked it. You were getting there. Yeah, and then some USB error thing popped <laughs> up, and. Uh, the, the the idea behind it is having pastored a church for as many years yeah. and um, seeing the course of people that have come through your doors and are, well, well I, don't, I don't know how you phrase that, but um, coming into the church and, yeah. and, and leaving sure. are people that have <clears throat> come and been there for uh, years without becoming members right. and people... Uh, losing membership, I don't know. That's probably not a no, general experience. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. How, how? What are some of the things that you find that have been? Oh, that's that's why. Uh-huh. I was talking about like programs and the idea of structure uh-huh. uh, versus um, allowing more open area for just whatever God's doing. And sometimes God works through programs too. Uh-huh. So. Um, but uh, I, I gave that example of um, just some of the conversations I've had with people that are uh, not of uh, 
of good status in, in society or higher status and uh, just some of how their faith dynamics work and how that's not programmatic, but I've definitely been able to share mm-hmm. and been touched by and, and touch the hearts of people in, in those places just by hearing that small voice of God saying, you should talk to that guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so in your experience throughout your years, like when people come, how do you find... I guess the question's a little loaded, and that's why I'm trying to reword it in my mind. So I'll just ask it and see. Yeah, ask the loaded. Yeah. Question. Sure. So how do you how do you find ways to keep people here, Uh or what what are some of the the ways that when you when you notice someone leaving, or when you what are what are the dynamics of that relationship in the in the sense of um, I guess. I, I did mention the word ecclesiology just to make it more theological the mm-hmm. podcast. But um yeah, how are some of those dynamics? And I know that's not a clear question, no. so Well let me ramble and you steer me back on track. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that saved me was the uh, Larry, uh Larry Crabb picture, uh and he had two targets. One target had the bullseye make things happen. Mm. And then you visionize and strategize and mobilize. Said so the other other one had the target of no God. Mm-hmm. And then the next circle was uh, uh, scripture. And we're Wesleyan, so reason, tradition, experience. How do you know God in community? And then and then uh, this notion of releasing people. So instead of mobilizing people, which is you got to crack the whip and hold people accountable you're mobilizing releasing people out of a loving community you don't have to you don't have to make it happen they are already operating out of their call they have been activated by the spirit first uh, corinthians 12 god has done the arranging and so they take initiative they start new bible studies or programs and i don't have to i don't have to make it happen uh, I, I feel like my job is to resource them, mm-hmm. um, to create space for them. Uh, if they need uh, announcement time or coffee machine or whatever to, to, make, to make that happen. But um, it's, that's been a real freeing thing for me. So I, my main job is to know, what are you up to, God? And then let the people sort of in on that. Mm-hmm. The second uh, thing, I'm a Wesleyan. And unapologetically, I've looked at uh, a lot of other ways of doing theology in church. And we're not the only show in town. I'm not saying we, we're, it, it works well for me. It makes, it, it fits with how I understand scripture and how I understand how God works. So when people come to our church, and, and we, use, we, we use the lectionary, the, the Christian calendar. When people come to our church, they, uh, they see it's something, it's a little different. I think put it that way, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not we're not big on show, uh, program, we're not big on pastoral personality. Uh, we don't have a lot of banners hanging around or smoke machines. Um, so if you want to come and be a part of a, a church that has a rich theological underpinning, and you're you're wanting to know God, what are you up to, God, and what do you have for me? Uh, people feel comfortable staying, but. Um, when, when I first got here, there were two mass exoduses, one over worship style mm-hmm. and another one when uh, some of the people who had more of a, shall we say, fundamentalist bent to them, 
understood what Wesleyanism was and that I was committed to that, and they didn't feel comfortable with that. And one of the one of the manifestations of that particular, I think, is interesting in Southern Cal is, of all places, uh, people are a little bit frustrated with our uh, view of women in leadership. Mm. So we've had people leave because we ordain women and women preach here. Um, so, but I felt, I felt uh, unless, I, Jesus never went after people that didn't, that stopped following him. Mm-hmm. In fact, over and over in the New Testament, they, people would drop away. Disciples would no longer follow him. He didn't go after him and say, oh, what have I done wrong? How can yeah. I come on back? And I feel like unless there's real, uh, on my part, something I've done wrong, I've said something or hurt someone, or there's been a misunderstanding, I don't make it a point to go and uh, you know, do exit interviews with everybody that chooses to not stay part of our congregation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But there will be people who leave. There are several who've been in our church for a long time that have chosen not to become members. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Some of them are more faithful than some of our members, so right. yeah. um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think I don't think that membership to the church has any... Now, I don't know if that's going to be offensive, but I don't, I don't personally think that membership to any particular church has, is a spiritually significant act. And and the reason I say that is because I've I feel like my relationship with God has been determined by my relationship, you know, in in the sense of am I praying, am I am I reading, and sometimes those things ebb stronger, which I wish they would have just stayed that way, but um, and sometimes not, but um, that was when I was a non-member yeah. uh, at a church where there was no such thing as membership and. Yeah. The Presbyterian, you know, I was a member of the Presbyterian Church, and now I'm a member here. And I think the dynamic of membership has more to do with um, saying, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I agree with what this church is saying and doing. And the the, the underlying uh, theological, mm-hmm. the, the underpinnings of, right. of the church. So, so it's, 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 it's more comfortable to call it my community because yeah. you know I've, I've i've gone ahead and made that membership yeah. commitment but at the same time um you know i could i could leave tomorrow and know that god is with me mm-hmm. you know and it wouldn't matter what church i i go to so not to knock membership because i think that it is <clears throat> it's kind of like uh this like sacraments so um can you be a christian and not be baptized well you know you can go to the thief on the cross and say well he wasn't mm. and um can you be a christian and not take communion well yes but you should mm-hmm. um and you know they, they uh, some churches consider a marriage a sacrament mm-hmm. so i would say that it kind of falls into that place of sacrament mm. there's a blessing in it and you can receive that blessing but you're um if you're still offering water to those who are thirsty, then you're still following mm-hmm. the, the way. Sure. sure. Yeah. The um, word uh, the word accommodation uh, has helped me understand some of that. There are ways of following Christ that um, maybe not all in, from whatever, however you want to define all in. Mm-hmm. And I think that God in His grace accommodates that. 
And I think probably the accommodation of God is broader than what we think. Yeah. But there's another way, uh, to me, where a person is um, totally all in for Christ. And I would prefer to live that way. And so when Jesus says, uh, take and eat this as often as you eat and drink, blah, 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 blah. Then I want to go, okay, I want to, I want to do that. Mm. I want to do it. When he says, repent and be baptized, you know, I could choose to not. And I think God in his graciousness, okay, fine. But if Jesus is recommending it, preferring mm-hmm. it, I want to, I want it all in. Yeah. When you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. Don't make a big scene. Okay, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you fast. It's not if, when. Okay, I want to fast. I don't want to fast. <laughs> fast is a hard one. <laughs> I will fast, you know, because I want to be all in. So I don't I don't want to be living close to the guardrails or within the allowable, you know, the parameters. I want to be uh, dead center as much as I can. That can that can turn legalistic and it can this unctuous oiliness, you know, you're holy and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of irrelevant and would never get your hands dirty. I don't mean that. I mean a radical obedience both to scripture and to the uh, active daily rhythmic voice of the spirit mm. when he speaks to me today and says dale this is what i would prefer and he does uh, i want i want to i want to have a, a yes already written in and then he, he can fill in the blank so yeah yeah that's awesome i love that idea of accommodation um it really actually kind of helps flesh out grace because that's i think that's a um it's a good word mm-hmm. and it, but it's also also often understood in christian circles in a christian way without any explanation of what is that well your sins are forgiven my yeah. sins like what are you talking about that's yeah, still yeah. christianese yeah, yeah. yeah but accommodation you know yeah. the the grace of god is accommodating and saying hey yeah you know and you're talking more about like sacrament yeah, as, as one participation yeah. 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 yeah but you know you could be I, I used an example which um, I was very extreme but um, we were I was talking about the idea of loving your enemy mm-hmm. and um, I was talking about the the homeless mm-hmm. and if that's your if that's your big gripe and complaint and or the or drug addicts or whatever then those those are your enemies right mm-hmm. and you have to love those people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, yeah you have to love them enough to uh and and i and i said you know well yeah you don't want drugs entering the school and you want your children protected and so family members yeah they have a bigger fear of it but one of the ways that uh that drug addict would become less of a threat to your community is if you love them proactively Mm -hmm. and brought them um you know hopefully uh to to repentance Right. right and um so but then i also mentioned, you know, I've, I've, I've met people on, I had a friend whose name and address, no. I had a friend. I used to have a friend up until he hears this. No, I had a friend that, um, he, he was a heroin addict. Yeah. And, uh, I said kind of off the cuff in the show, like you could, you, you could love Jesus and do heroin, you know, you shouldn't, but you can still do it. And there's, grace in there for that and and i didn't really flesh this idea out but the reason i say that is because i had a friend that he was um addicted to heroin and he was um trying to cut back so he started um going to the clinic to get methadone and he he told me one time that i was asking like well how much 
you know, what, what does that do, you know? And cause we actually, you know, this guy and I, we used to do drugs together. I never did heroin with him, but we smoked a lot of pot and stuff. And, um, he's like, if you took half of what I need, it would probably kill you. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of methadone, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's, but he, so he finally decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kick the whole thing. And, um, he just went cold turkey. Oh. And he said he was sweating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the pain was everywhere. Tremors, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's one of the... Well, that's what they say is that, like, the opiates block pain uh-huh. so much so that your own um, uh-huh. pain pain endorphins, pain-blocking endorphins just stop being produced. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. like, the movement of the arm, those are bones grinding on fluid, and that hurts. But you don't feel it because your brain... Yeah. knows it's not painful and uh, he was just feeling it all over his body and he's like you know huh. um, I was going through the worst of that and I just I remembered some of the things that I had told him and uh, he remembered some of the things I had told him and he said I just called out in Jesus name wow. and just the pain would go away really? and huh. I could sleep wow. and then I'd wake up again you know with pain but then I just I kept I did that all night wow and he's like, you know, and so now, well, at, so for several years, that affected him deeply to where he was attempting, I know he was trying to follow the Lord more closely. He always had kind of a weird, almost, what would you say, like an Eastern mm-hmm. concept of God mm-hmm. anyway, and, and Jesus, and then he had a more real concept of the power of Jesus, and now... I think he's still kind of, he's still generally lost in his actions, yeah, but yeah. hopefully in his heart, he's still, yeah. you know, close to knowing that there's only one true, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. pain reliever, as you could say. <laughs> opiate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One true opiate. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, I just... Uh, I think yeah. I think there's a different, it's, it's different, if you're, if you're a Christian, you've made a commitment to follow Christ... I would feel more comfortable using that accommodate word in that case. For someone that hasn't, there's this vast grace, this love that Christ has for everybody mm-hmm. that is, if you could see it, it'd blow your mind probably, but uh, I wouldn't use accommodate for people like that. I would just simply use grace and love. Mm-hmm. I think I think when you declare it, however you declare it, then I'm gonna follow you, Lord. Uh, and then you're doing it with a limp or a resistance or skid marks. That's different. Mm-hmm. Somebody's just wiped out like, yeah, like he would have been. I think he would have been. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and I think that now, because like even now he he, I do believe that he has a kernel. You know, mm-hmm. the the mustard sure. seed, sure. maybe sure. even a half fragment of a mustard yeah. seed in there. But it's um, it it makes me think of a uh, was it a broken, reed. Yeah, bruised reed and dimly burning wick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of hopefully where he is now because I, I, I did happen by chance to run into him. Uh, wow. Yeah, this is an interesting story, and I don't want to tell stories all the whole time, but I will. I'll tell one more about him. Um, I, I saw this. So I'm driving up to Big Bear. There's ice all over the road. It had snowed, but it had melted enough to where I felt comfortable driving uh, since I don't have chains. 
there's a car pulled off to the side and he not him it, was it him. wasn't him oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that's good because uh, I felt like I was but they were stopped on a, a narrow road I don't are you familiar with the roads up there oh yeah yeah, yeah. so so if you come up from Lucerne Valley uh-huh, on the you back can, yeah, yeah you can go around through the lake there right through bald by Baldwin Lake they're stuck on that the smaller part of the road uh-huh. and so i stopped and i put my flashes on i'm like do you need help and um their chains were uh, wrapped uh-huh. and so i was like okay I'll, I'll fix it and it took a little while but i but uh this guy yells hey uh, you guys need any help over there and uh i'm like no you know i just fixed it he's like oh okay because i saw you from my house and as he gets closer and closer it's him yeah. <laughs> and uh he yeah i was like whoa hey what are you doing and um yeah, we were supposed to get together later that weekend, but I was busy. I was up there for reasons, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it just didn't work out. And plus, uh, he looked okay, but he also, I know that, you know, it's yeah. like he's not always... Wasn't all... I don't yeah. need to be... Yeah. yeah. I don't need the cops to show up at his house <laughs> yeah. while I'm there kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, uh, if you wanted to go out for coffee, I would love yeah. to. I think, I think one of the, the issues about Wesleyanism that I love is that God is a loving parent. Mm. We use the word father, but that, that may not work in this culture. So I'm thinking if, if, if God has 10 kids and nine of them are doing fine and one of them's strung out on heroin, doesn't it make sense that God's heart would be just broken for that mm. person and doing, maybe giving more energy to loving and caring for that person? The nine don't need it. Well, they need it, but they're okay. They're going to... And I think that's what God is like. His energy and heart toward the broken and the the abused and the hurting is just must be amazing if if god is what we think he is can you imagine what he must feel like for your friend mm. yeah he loves you and he loves me but man oh man and that's probably that's i think why you you feel like you do your god is sharing his heart with you and mm. you're broken because of it and probably part of that brokenness is a call to Pay attention. Pray for. How can you be on the lookout to be like Christ to Him? That's how I take burdens like that, anyway. So yeah, God is love, and if He's a loving parent, think of God in those terms, not as a taskmaster cracking a whip. You don't measure up. You got to do something first. Nah. He comes. He comes. He does. He does it first. He takes the initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um yeah, I didn't want to um that is an interesting you, you do raise an interesting question though. Um and maybe we can maybe complete this thought and then uh we'll sure. Do, um do this another time too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, for sure. Yeah, anytime really. I I need content. <laughs> but uh um there um so I, I ran with the idea of accommodation when he said it yeah. and um and maybe applied it broadly. Yeah. And I think even in the, the graph the drastic illustration that I did in the other show, I was like, well, if if they're a Christian. Yeah. You know? And uh so there's grace for people who don't I th- I think your upbringing and a lot of your experiences can determine how you view the ex- 
the extensiveness of love and yeah yeah and and because like good. if you knew more of my whole family history the the contrast that i have internally to like my thoughts and the things that i do what i still stumble with they're so drastically improved to who i was when i was even 15 years yeah, old yeah yeah and um but if i met someone that had had the good household growing up and then saw me as like you really shouldn't do that they yeah. they wouldn't understand that yeah. i'm better yeah. for for right. the love that god has shown me yeah um so but all that to say i outside of the church or outside of um a personal re- relationship with jesus I, the the grace that's afforded to people is still and i like how you said it is like like god's heart and his love is so beyond our comprehension that it's reaching out to those who don't know and and don't trust as well yeah and how do you how do you find yourself reaching out to them the people who are outside of the church from a a pastoral role Mm. or uh, maybe in your own personal life Mm. that's good um, maybe a backstory. Uh, when I was young, a young pastor, I measured my success by how many people I won to Christ, mm-hmm. and I would go door to door, witnessing. Wow. Um, I think I had a goal of uh, uh, cold calling on a hundred doors uh, in a brief period of time. When I got around uh, forty or forty-five, I realized that I was being phony, and one one hit me when I went to a apartment a woman single mom with three little kids and she wanted to get her kids to our Sunday school and I left and it was almost like I don't want to be bothered with that Mm -hmm. that takes too much work and I I got these hundred I got to go evangelize and I feel like the Lord just Mm -hmm. smacked me and said you knucklehead so now I feel like uh, the best way to witness is to live prophetically Mm -hmm. in the world I'm in and to love and to act loving. So we have a community meal. When I come, I want to, I like to serve, but I want to want to get to know the people by name, and I love it when they call me by name and want to talk. We have, we just, working working with a guy to keep him in his home, and working with the city to haul a bunch of trash out of his house. Mm. That, to me, is witness. I think that's what Jesus would do. Mm. Uh, and I want to, I want to do that. Uh, and the ripple effect from that, uh, well, I am, I just talked with a, a city official today whose wife is dying of cancer. And we talk about praying for him, and he's crying on the other end of the phone. And I think, I get to do that because we have committed to be in the city and to serve and to live prophetically. I don't, I don't, I don't buy the notion that we need to make cold calls and go door to door and sell Jesus. We need to live like Jesus would live. And crowds followed him. I mean, they... The world knows. The world knows what Christians should be doing and how they should be living mm-hmm. better than we do. <laughs> and when you live that way, they're they're attracted to it. They just know. Uh, so I I want to evangelize. I want to have altar calls. I don't want to bait and switch. Come to Jesus, and everything will be fine. And our altar calls. I want to say, come to Jesus, and life's going to get hellacious probably and you're going to <laughs> suffer and you might die alone somewhere 
um, let's not bait and switch this thing. That's awesome. I, I think the world needs to see prophetic presence, people living authentically, and then when they say, how come you're different or whatever language they use? Well, I made a decision to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's about all you need. Yeah. Yeah. That having that, that hope is a yeah. is a key marker really. Yeah. You know, I I've even recently I you know, I felt the pressure of the world and just it's so so much in me and probably I've done if I really recount has been to just wants to run. Right. Just cut loose and huh. get out. Yeah. But I have to trust God. Yeah. Because he's, even in my own arrogance or anger or whatever, it's kind of like when he, when God would told Israel, like, remember what I did for you? Yeah. And, yeah. and then it's just like my life right. is like, remember what I did for you? Yeah. And yeah. I can tell some sad stories of just people who, have affected me greatly, but um, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, I'm not running anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. just gotta trust, and it's gonna come through. Whatever God is doing is gonna come through. And yeah, that's what I hear God saying too. And I say, I'm gonna quit. I don't want to be a pastor anymore. He says, Okay, don't. What do you want to do? And they, Well, <laughs> maybe I want to do this. <laughs> maybe I wanted to keep doing this because the alternatives. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Um, well, thank you, Dale. Sure, this is yeah. a delight. Yeah, this, love uh, talking about this stuff. Yeah, I'm glad that you Bless enjoyed you, it. Bless you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Theology Box. This has been your host, William Carroll, and that I'm Dale Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us both at uh, Foothill Community Church in Azusa if you're ever in the area. Yeah. So come on by. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, everyone. You've been listening to The Theology Box with your host, William Carroll. I'd like to thank our special guests once again, Del Winslow, and our whole team here, Mark Miller, Megan Napier, and Richard Liotto. Everyone have a great week, and may the peace of the Lord be with you.